Welcome to Sonic's Flight, the podcast devoted to all things Sonics. Sonic's Flight is a monthly podcast discussing current events, news, and topics of interest to the Sonics community. We aim to entertain and educate builders and pilots of Sonic's aircraft designs, inspiring them to complete and operate their aircraft safely and efficiently. All right, so we're uh, we're sitting here, Oshkosh 2007. We are in Camp Sonics. We've got John Gillis here, Mike Needenthal, and then my Sonics, Jeff Schultz. We had um, we had Bob Carson, and then we got Rick and Dennis. And across the way a little bit is Ed Lee and his wife and, and their Sonics, and that's just in Camp Sonics. And over at the booth, there's all the other people on the show parking. So if you're not here. <laughs> You're missing out on the Oshkosh experience. So with that, I'll say, welcome to Sonic's Flight, <laughs> the monthly show. This month, coming to you from Oshkosh, Wisconsin at the show. And we all made it in safely. Uh, we've been here for a couple days now. And it's been a fantastic show so far. So we'll do a quick update. We'll tell a couple stories. Probably tell a few lies. And, uh, and we'll give you a flavor of what we're seeing here in the early part of the show. All right, so first off, um, John, tell me about your trip coming here. Well, uh, Mike and I, uh, I had commitments over the weekend, so normally we'd come in on a Saturday or Sunday, which makes the window a lot bigger to get into the, the show because there's no air show in the afternoon that they close down the airspace. So Mike and I left at, uh, at Civil Dawn uh, from Colorado, 5.30 in the morning. And I had a fairly uneventful flight out, two fuel stops, and we snuck in to the uh, Fisk approach 15 minutes before they closed it. So that was pretty much our experience. And, you know, a few fun stories like hitting a a gas station or a fuel stop that uh, trickled fuel at maybe a gallon a minute. Um, If we were lucky. If we were lucky. (laughs) And we were wondering if one of us was going to empty the the fuel tank and then uh, the other one couldn't fill up. So there were options like that. But pretty good weather coming in. Sealy's got a little low coming into Oshkosh, and we were kind of scud running a little bit uh, at the end. But uh, everything was legal, I think. Right, Mike? Yep. It all came came out really well. Way better than last year. It's always best to come in with someone if you uh, you haven't done it yet, because one just kind of takes charge and the other one just uh, gets lazy and follows them. It's nice to have an extra set of eyes, too. And and you weren't kidding when you say you guys barely made it. Um, I mean, you guys were probably in the last handful of planes that landed before they shut down for the air show. So I think we talked about this the other night. If you would have had a little bit longer of, of a gas stop, yeah. Anything. If you had stopped for a sandwich, We'd be stuck you'd be stuck someplace. After, you wouldn't have made it. Yes. Yeah, so timing was perfect. Yeah, we had planned to uh, divert to like uh, Portage, Wisconsin, which is about uh, 40 miles away, mm-hmm. had they shut down the airspace. And then we would just wait the four hours until it's done, and then we'd come in at night. Right. In the afternoon. So I got here on Friday, and um, I goofed off a little bit over at Sonics and then over with Wayne Daniels at his place. And then on Sunday after the homecoming, I moved over here and staked out a piece of piece of ground for Camp Sonics. And then I spent most of Sunday watching arrivals and fending off RVs who tried to occupy our spot. So I had to chase them all off. And I was really worried that they were going to have parked somebody while I was away, while you guys were coming in. Uh-huh. But, but anyway, it worked out fine. We had a little help from, from some of the local... Uh, 
guys parking airplanes. Once they realized what we were trying to do, they uh, they shoot everybody away. So we got our spot here, and it's a perfect it's spot. It's nice. It's very nice. Yeah. So next year, um, you can hopefully find us in the same area, close to the showers, close to the new pavilion for the beer party and the corn roast. Those are two essential things at Camp Sonics. We're going to get a banner. I don't know, a Camp Sonics banner or a Mile High Wing banner or something. So it will be easy to find. So, Mike, tell me about your arrival, because this is a good story. Well, we, we came in, and uh, I was initially following John. Uh, of course, we get to rip on, and we're supposed to be at like 105 miles an hour, 90 knots, and which is fine. And all at once, I'm following John, and all at once, he's like backing up into me, and I'm backing up, and it turns out we're following a champ that was doing about 75, maybe, uh, so both of us were really wallowing around and, and trying to stay out of trouble. And the controller at, over Fisk was just as calm as could be and just said, uh, high wing tail dragger, you're going to have to uh, turn right immediately. And there's two RV type aircraft coming up on your left. Please let them pass. And then uh, we did. And he peeled off to the right. And then we just went on in. They were using 9 and 36. Uh, so we landed on runway 9. Uh, we were going to land on runway 9, and we got a short final. I called the tower and said, we're here, and nobody was talking to us. Uh, RV flight of two, go around immediately and enter left traffic and then come right back around and clear to land on runway 9. Well, it turned out there was a corporate jet that was on short and final that we didn't know about. And uh, he asked me if I had the jet in sight, and I said, yes, I do, and cleared us to land. Well, meanwhile... Well, the reason he told you to go around is because the, is that the guy jet was, was that, on your that butt. Guy was, that guy was on my butt screaming down final, and basically there was no wind. So he landed and turned off, and I thought, okay, no problem, and told me to land on the white dot. Well, I got about the time I got to the white dot, right about flare, I hit all of his white turbulence or reverse thrust or whatever was hanging on the runway and burbled back up in the air. John hit all my stuff coming in. And we wallowed down the runway and fought through it and ended up landing pretty long. Um, yeah, fought through it. You mean, you know, fought through the 90 degree bank, you know, <laughs> yeah. pitch excursions. Thought I was going to hit my wingtips, yeah. things like that. Yeah. It's a good thing you were wearing your uh, Tom Cruise aviator sunglasses. That's right. That's right. I was you'd have been dead. Pretty much. <laughs> so then we landed and then, uh, we were told to turn one direction. And then at the last second, they told us to turn the other direction. Well, it turned out there was a couple of airplanes down there doing the wrong thing and they we couldn't go head to head with them so we had to wait and they were steering us around down there and we didn't know what the heck they were doing with us they're going to send us off to Basler aviation they were <laughs> and so we thought well wrong we're not we, i got home bill camping sign and here comes uh so we ended up they turned us around and got us back over here and pretty uneventful since then it was a very nice uh I mean, it was all those hours of boredom and those few moments of shared terror. Yeah. It's kind of how the flights go. And then uh, for, for people that have been to the home built camping area before, there's a new area this year. There's the ditch that runs through the, and that was always the boundary of, of home built camping. And then on, on one side is the is the parking and the camping. And on the other side is just some, some vehicle lots and there's a little access road. Well, they created a culvert bridge across the ditch and they opened up all that area on the other side of the ditch. Uh, but when we got there, here's the flagman, you know, telling us to, to come on across this culvert and we can't see it. And we don't know what he's doing. And it looks like you're going to, I don't know, you're going to plow through some grass to get here. Right. 
So now it's looking pretty good. There's been enough tra traffic going across it that you can kind of see what they're yeah, doing. I know the drill. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was, it was a good spot. Um, great. It was a great, one of the nicest spots I think I've had in a long time here. So, so I, I came in uh, Friday, um, had, a, had a good arrival, but things were really, really mellow, very laid back, not a lot of traffic. I could see people on the, uh, on the Tisby, um, and I could hear the controller talking to people, but the visibility was so bad, I couldn't see anybody. And even, even when I knew I was right up on top of them, I could hear, you know, they're only 10 seconds ahead of me being turned. I couldn't see anybody. And when they turned me off of Fisk onto, onto the approach, I thought, oh, finally I can, I can get a look down towards Ripon, and uh, I'm probably going to see all these people that I can hear. I didn't see anybody. I saw one plane directly in front of me on short final because we were like, I don't know, three mile visibility and, and kind of mist and haze. So I know they were out there. I know it was, it was not real busy, but it was kind of busy. I never saw anybody, but came in good landing. And they were a little confused when I was trying to explain, uh, where I wanted to go taxiing over to Sonics. Um, but pretty good arrival. It, uh, it made up for the one that I had a couple years ago where I, I tiggered all the way down the runway in front of the entire North 40. So I'm still paying that one off. You'll Thank, never, thanks, you'll guys. They'll never see you again. Yeah, yeah. You'll never meet these people. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we've been here uh, wandering around, and um, we were just kind of talking earlier. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff here. You know, we're always looking for future projects or ways to blow more money. What, what did you see, John? What, what, did, what was the cool stuff that you found? Um, there's a lot of uh, advancement in... Uh in mobile avionics that are tied to your tablets. Um, we've seen uh, some... <clears throat> Nowadays, if you're planning your panel, um, you definitely need to do some research because uh, you can you can almost get all of your EFIS uh, instruments on your iPad um, with some pretty cool devices that'll, that, that are rivaling what you can get on a Dynan or a, an MGL um, and probably at about half the price. So... Uh, there's there's some interesting things here. If you're looking at a panel upgrade and going electronic, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff there. We looked at the eye level stuff. Uh, eye levels had their their little unit out for a while. We looked at the new bomb. That that was pretty cool. Well, bomb is neat. It looks like you just duct tape that to your wing and go. Yep, it's got got everything. It'll 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 talk to it'll talk to uh, eye levels proprietary app and um, give you a real nice customizable display. Uh, doesn't doesn't have all the functionality that some of their other products have, but it's completely self-contained. It's self-powered by the wind as it flows past it. That looked pretty cool. We yeah, looked it's at, got a little little turbine in the back that spins. We looked at a couple others, and bottom line for, I don't know, 1500 bucks and, and an iPad, you could get a pretty decent panel set up, and that's pretty exciting. That's I mean, that's way cheaper than anything, you know, anything conventional. Uh, there's some. Uh, I think there's some new motors out. There. Yeah, it's some pretty interesting motors that are, are you know, getting refined. I'll let you talk about that aero momentum. And yeah, aero momentum has been out for a little while. They're doing Suzuki based, Suzuki and Geo based uh, auto conversions, and um, I think they look really cool. They're kind of a yellow and and red, a yellow and blue. I think yellow and blue. Yeah. Um, all their machine parts for their redrive are all nicely machined. The quality looks excellent, and um, the cases are painted yellow, and the machine parts are blue. But the attractive part is they don't use any used parts. No, no cases, no cores. They take a long block and they and they build it up to their specs. 
and they've they've only been doing their aviation engines for the last few years. But they started, they kind of cut their teeth in airboats. And the guy was telling me they have like 500 airboat engines, and these are all commercial operators, and they just buy an engine, and they abuse it. They run it hard. They totally neglect it. And then when it basically wears out at about, you know, double what you think it would, they just strip all their accessories, get a new long block, put all their old accessories right back on it, and send the boat back out. And so it really seems like durability-wise, it's proven that this is a pretty pretty durable package. These guys are making money on them, so uptime is important to them. And then um, they're they're real, you know, kind of honest and forthright about their customers. They say, "Hey, come talk to us. We'll we'll tell you what our customers. We'll let you look at our list, and you can talk to people directly." So that really kind of impressed me. So I don't know, I don't know maybe what I'd put it on. I guess you could put it on a Sonics with a little bit different engine mount because it kind of made it, it it bolts flat against the firewall in their stock configuration. But uh, that's uh, definitely something that. I'm intrigued by. I'd like to know more about that aero momentum. Yeah, there's um, there was also some uh, movement on the D motor. Uh, a Canadian distributor is uh, is taking over the North American distribution. And anybody's followed the D motor, it's a Belgian <laughs> flathead um, with uh, full FADEC and water cooled, and it's pretty. Uh, it's an impressive looking motor, and the uh, the old U.S. distributors had some problems, and so this Canadian one is taking it over, and I think he's going to make a go of it. Um, both of these, or this engine, let's see, the six-cylinder D-motor is going to run, I think he said, $18,000, which is right there with the Jabiru. Um Drops into the same mount? Drops into the same mount. Looks like it's the same dimensions, but it weighs uh, uh, probably 20 pounds less. So there's some real, uh, real excitement there, I think. Yeah. And I talked to Robert Helms from UL Power, and, you know, those are really starting to gain some traction. There's been, um, I don't know, at least one 1X, uh, Carl Eldridge 1X, and he's just flying the snot out of it. It's a, it's a, it's a rocket ship with that 130 horse in, in a 1X. And there's been a few others that are starting to really get some time and get them out there. So Sonics has even said they're, they're thinking about doing legacy A-model uh, UL Power mounts. Um, although it has the same bolt pattern as the Jabiru, there's a little bit of structure in back, and, and, and an optimized mount would make that a little easier. And then uh, uh, UL Power is looking at doing cowlings and all the other associated stuff. So that might be a really solid choice going forward, especially for the B model. They already have UL Power uh, mounts. We need to mention that uh, the um, Fly Corvair... Uh, the Panther guys, sport uh, performance, they're doing the Corvair in a box, too. Yeah. Which could, if you wanted to go down the Corvair route, uh, that would definitely an opportunity there. It, yeah, we've got two Corvair Sonics here. Um, cheaper, yeah. Yep, uh, Ed Lee and, and, and Ricky, um, I forget his last name, but uh, Ricky did the Corvair uh, engine in a box, and uh, it's got all their stuff, and he's, he's happy. It's a It's a... A three-liter engine and puts out 120 horse, and he just absolutely loves it. So that that's kind of a cool thing. I I am not interested in grinding and machining on parts to to convert them for uh, aircraft use. But if it's a if it's a collection of parts that that I put together with a manual, I can do that. I'm all over that. Um, in the uh, home builder showcase today, where the uh, home builders can fly in the air show. 
Uh, Mike Needenthal did it last year. Bob Mike did it the year before. This year, the Sonics entry was the uh, was a customer Subsonics. So that was kind of exciting. It sounded, sounded really cool taking off. Yeah, it, and to have a home built, uh, you know, legacy plane from from our loins in the lead of that uh, that part <laughs> right. of the show because they let the the fastest ones have to go first. So so that Subsonics, that customer Subsonics was in the home-built hangar, and it looked like it was being judged. And they were pouring all over it and scoring it. And it's a beautiful airplane. I mean, he did a just a really, really clean job. Uh, talking to him over at the homecoming, he said he had a Sonics kit, like, in hand, and he was working on it. And then the jet came out, and he just stopped everything, shoved the Sonics kit in the corner and said, I'm getting the jet, and that's what he's flying now. So he's living the dream, and, and I'm jealous. But what a, what a great airplane. And at the homecoming, between Bob Carlton putting together his subsonics, the two factory subsonics, and the customer subsonics, the show line had four jets on it over there in, in front of Sonic Singer. That was pretty cool. Well, Carrie said they had, uh, was it 14? Four, 12, 12 or 14? 14 uh, uh, subsonic Two more pets. just got ordered or something, I think. So. Mm-hmm. so it is starting the, to get a little traction. The numbers are getting a little traction, yeah. Um, the B model was uh, was on display at the Sonics booth. Um, we have we A model pilots are refusing to sit in it for fear that we will <laughs> have um, to pay ten thousand. Have to pay yeah. the uh, the conversion fee. So uh, they've been trying to coax us into it, but we've all said nope. We're not going <laughs> to do it. It's just not fair to anybody. And I really want to sit on it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But they, they look so much, uh, I don't know, just meteor. Yeah. The, the B models. If you guys haven't seen one in person, they're really a beautiful plane. It doesn't seem like it should be that much of a difference. But um, the little things come together in such a way that it feels, it feels like the interior volume has been really, really enhanced. But it's just a little bit here and there. They did a great job, you yeah. know. Plus, you get an extra what four gallons of gas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just looking at it, at very subtle, and I, I think they they definitely hit a great combo there. So a B model, maybe with a um, a UL power 130 horse engine, that'd be a pretty solid choice. I don't know. Maybe in the future, right, we'll see. That's right. Next time. <laughs> All right. So here in uh, Camp Sonics, we um, some of our camp neighbors. Uh, Dennis and Rick, they flew in from Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, halfway through in, I think in Indiana is what he was saying, Rick ran into a problem in his one axe. And so the way he tells the story, the tailwheel basically disintegrated for reasons that nobody really understands. The tailwheel disintegrated, and when when it did that, it jerked him off the runway, off into the ditch. And he said, if it had been two feet over to one side, he'd have been in, in uh, you know, two or three feet of water. So he hit the ditch in, in just the right area where his plane didn't sustain any damage except the landing gear. He said he even missed the approach lighting and the VASI by, like, just feet on each side. So it, it happened in such a way that that he missed everything, ended up in the ditch, did not have a prop strike, and uh, he thought everything was fine. They drag it back over to the ramp, and they, they start looking at replacing the tailwheel with a, a temporary tailwheel. And that's when he realizes that the main landing gear, and the 1X has that sprung single-piece aluminum landing gear, the main landing gear were all splayed out. So 
it, when he went down into that ditch, it just it overstrength the overstressed the material, and they were just just bending out under under the slightest load. So there's no way he could have flown an end of the rest of the show. So they parked the airplane there, and uh, and come on in in Dennis's airplane. They get to the they get to Sonics, go talk to the Sonics crew and and John Monnet and and uh, and the whole community starts coming together. Suddenly, Sonics has got a trailer for them to take down and recover the One X, and they go get a U-Haul and take the trailer down. They get down to the airport, and the local community guys, they all rally to help them pull the wings off. And, and uh, when the trailer's not balanced properly, uh, one of the local guys owns a hardware store, and he goes and gets a bunch of bags of sand to, to weight the trailer. And so this incredible coming together to help him get his plane loaded up, hauled back into the Sonics hangar, and then today during the show, they're over there working with the crew and uh, fixing his airplane. So... Bottom line, it was a really, really long day. They left out of here at 5.30 and got back at late, and uh, and the plane's done. New landing gear, plane's all fixed, so new tailwheel. over to the flight line over yeah, here now. it's parked on the flight yep. line. He's going to fly Sonic, it home. Sonic's line. Yep. So where else can you, can you have a, a pretty major catastrophe in route away from your home airport and have that many people all come together to come rescue you, and a day later you're back in business? So pretty only phenomenal. Absolutely. And he's going to get a full day of the show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. Really glad to hear that. Um, there's other people roaming the grounds. We've, we've met all kinds of people that didn't fly in, but, but came in. Uh, they drove in. They're camping in, in Scholar. They're across the over at Wayne's house. They're in private. Bob Micah came in, and he's in the dorms. There's just a ton of people roaming around. And we spent the uh, last two days basically running into people and and, and talking. I can't hardly get to where I'm going because we run into somebody else and, and that turns into another hour-long conversation. I don't know about you guys, but anybody that's not here, they're missing out. you got to do this show. Yes, once. they are. you got to be here. So I, I can see. I mean, there's there's reasons why, you know, you you may not be able to make the show. But, uh, but going out of the country is definitely not one of them. Uh, that's, so that's if there's anybody sad. out that's pretty, there... That's pretty sad. Yeah, if there's anybody out there... That was out of the country and missed the show. That's just that's just unexcusable. Let me, let me think. Um, he doesn't own a Sonics anymore, so I guess <laughs> you know. Well, well, we'll still let him come back. So Gary, when you hear this, um, yeah, he yeah, like a Brand X airplane now. Or right, right. Yeah. Gary, uh, he didn't make it because he's vacationing in Eastern Europe, and uh, he thinks it was a good idea to Mish Oskosh to go to go gallivant around Europe and, I don't know, stay in old castles or swim in the ocean or something. I don't know what he's doing. He's but he's missing bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bears and fuzzy hats. Yeah. We saved you a spot, Gary, but um, it's vacant. And, gee, you let us down. You did text him some pictures from Sauce Brothers, didn't you? I did. Okay. I did. So if anybody uh, has not been to the SOS Brothers. Well, they were asking about him. Yeah. SOS Brothers is a little um, a little entertainment tent right across from Camp Shoulder, and they have live music, and they have food, and they have drinks, and they have friendly bartenders that are there to chat with you. and And Gary, um, they asked about you. They they were brought to tears that you were not here. So next year, there's no excuse. You got to be here. You can even fly that plane you're building, I guess. <laughs> We're not going to wait for you, though. All right, so 
let me see. We got a few more days here. Tomorrow is the tomorrow's Wednesday. We got the foundation party over in Wayne's Hangar. Uh, we got the night air show, and Bob Carlton's going to fly the subsonics again in the night air show. If we make it, if the weather holds, right now that's a little iffy. They're talking about some thunderstorms, perhaps tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. So we'll see how that goes. And then um, foundation uh, meeting. Yep, yep. The meeting on the flight line tomorrow um, at eleven. So yeah, we'll do that, and uh, just make sure that the foundation is in is in good health and that we take care of our housekeeping items for the nonprofit. Um, Fifi and Doc are going to fly formation tomorrow. That ought to be really exciting. Those are the two, the only two B-29 Super Fortresses. And Fifi has been flying for a few years. And Doc just started flying this past year. So that'll be a once in a, awesome. yeah, once in our lifetime. Yeah, that's quite an interesting thing seeing them down at the square together. Well, even today, <clears throat> even today with the, uh, the, the uh, B-25s and the doing the, Fifi, the bombing runs. Fifi flew, you know, they were... Doing all the bomb runs and so yeah, there was like eight B-25s in the air Ops doing bomb runs. And they're, I mean, it's like a beehive. Planes are swirling all over. And these are not Mustangs that are swirling. These are bombers that are out there yanking and banking. And then Fifi is flying high cover, you know, dropping dropping simulated bombs on the runway. It's pretty cool. We saw the uh, A-10s and uh, the Joint Strike Fighters, the F-35s. That was pretty good. They didn't, all they did is just sort of flow them and... Just doing tight turns and heritage flight type stuff, but already it's pretty darn impressive. So I can't wait to see what they have in store later. Yeah, that's, that's gonna, gonna be a good. One. Yeah, B1 bomber. That thing is impressive wherever it goes. It's parked next to the B52 in the square, and those two together just—I mean—you got both ends. You got the low and slow workhorse in the B52, and you got that that super sleek B1. Just incredible. And the neat thing is, you walk right underneath them. Yep. You know, it's not like they're holding you away from it. Talk to the airmen that are supporting them. All right, so what, Mike, what are we doing tomorrow? I don't know. It depends on how many raindrops we have. But uh, we got the Sonics meeting, and I mean, uh, I probably spent too much money today already, so. Oh, I, I hit my budget. <laughs> so that means we'll have to bust the budget tomorrow. Right. I want to get down to the light plane area. I've got a tailwheel. Project for John and I to work on. That's right. Sometime later, when the flying season's over with. Yeah. So for anybody that has a set of John's brake pedals, there may be a complete tailwheel brake package in the works. Yep. And if you're interested, you need to send John an email. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you trying to get away from those emails? Guys? I am trying. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> All right, well, um, that's all I can think of. Tomorrow it's going to be another day of roaming around and enjoying it. A lot of things to see still. I just hope we can get to everything. You know, I've never been to the sea base. I need to go down there. Yeah, we do. That's we need, pretty cool. We need to get down there. That's a bus ride, but that's a, it's very interesting. Nice. It's peaceful, tranquil. Mike's nice. been there. Yeah. All right, well, that's pretty much it from here from Camp Sonics. So... Try to get one, at least after we all get back home. We might get one more before we take off. But we'll do a wrap-up uh, on our next one at the very least and uh, show you everything else that you probably should have been here to see firsthand, and we probably won't do it justice talking about it. I'm having a great time. I'm glad you guys are here. It's good to see you. Um, I wish we could do this more often. Once a year isn't enough. Once a year is not enough. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Thank you. Thank you.
The views and opinions expressed on the Sonic Select podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of any individual, company, or organization mentioned on this program. Nothing presented on this podcast should be construed to be the official position or recommendation of anyone not directly associated with Sonic's Flight. Anything that sounds like advice should be carefully considered before being implemented. Remember, you are the pilot in command.